and welcome to What Am I Rolling, a twice-monthly RPG one-shot podcast, hosted by me, Fiona. This is part three of our Sins one-shot, so make sure you've listened to the first two parts before continuing on with this episode. To briefly recap, several months ago, governments around the world revealed that a great number of highly unusual meteors were likely to impact the Earth, causing international panic and rioting. In the end, no suitable solution could be found, and the Shards began their descent in what has now become known as the Black Rain. However, the apocalypse never materialised, as the Shards fell harmlessly to Earth and became little more than a curiosity, an object of media speculation. Sam and David are playing Lawrence and Thomas Farrow, two half-brothers who, despite their differences, have come together to celebrate surviving the end of the world. And yet, as they are suddenly thrusted into a terrifying situation and pitted against inhuman horrors, it seems that the end of the world might have just begun. Sins is powered by the Hope Engine, which is a versatile, robust game system using D6s, or six-sided dice. At the heart of the system is the dice pool, which represents a character's attributes and skills and is used to overcome various challenges and tasks. A dice pool is expressed as an XY statement, where X stands for the number of dice in the dice pool, and this is equal to a character's attribute number plus one, and Y stands for the number needed on any given dice to score a success, and this is based on a character's skill number. When making a check, the player notes the appropriate attribute and skill, and then roll the dice accordingly. For example, in doing a prowess crafts check, Lawrence has a prowess pool of 5 and a crafts skill of plus 4. So, Lawrence will roll 5 dice, with each die scoring a 4 or more, resulting in a success. Most actions will have a difficulty of 1. This means that if any die comes up with a success on a check, the character will succeed. Harder tasks will have a difficulty of two or higher, and characters must get at least that many successes in order to succeed. Rolling a six means the dice explode, and players may re-roll them to see if they get additional successes. To help characters stay alive, they have access to a limited pool of drama points. These can be spent to increase the odds of any given action in their favour. When a character is about to undertake an action, they can spend the drama point to make that action a dramatic action. They will gain one additional dice to their pool for that roll, and they will need one less on each die to get a success. Characters can get hurt as a result of combat, the environment, and failing at certain checks. Each character has a vitality pool, which indicates their health. Light vitality represents minor injuries and flesh wounds that have no specific effects on the character. Wounded vitality represents serious but not immediate dangerous injuries. A character who's lost one or more wounded health is at a minus one dice pool for all actions attempted. Mauled vitality represents grievous injuries which are potentially deadly. A character who's lost one or more mauled health has the difficulty of all actions increased by one, in addition to the wounded vitality penalty. When you take an action in combat, it normally forces another character out of sequence, and this is known as tagging. When you are tagged by another character, 
your choice of response is limited to actions which realistically be a response to that attack. So for example, if you were attacked by someone with a knife and they were already very close to you, you could only respond to being tagged by that person by either fleeing or attacking them as a reaction. You could not, for example, attack someone else as a response, as that does not involve the character doing the tagging. As all three of us were new to Sins, we decided to go with the introductory adventure Dead City and use some of the pre-generated characters which came with it. So, quick heads up here, the next couple of episodes will most definitely have spoilers for this starter adventure, so if you plan on playing it, just pause the episode for now and come back when you're ready. One last thing before we begin. Naturally, there are times in this one-shot where the players and myself, mostly myself, get the rules wrong or forget something plot-wise. Whilst we always endeavour to stick to the rules wherever possible, at the end of the day, we all make mistakes, and what matters most is that everyone enjoys themselves. And with all that out of the way, let's get back to Dead City. So Lawrence, you've been picking at this lock and you're trying to get it, but you all hear sort of this weird sort of screechy noise, yeah, piercing shriek as this creature is sort of watching you from around the corner and then almost inhumanely sort of scuttles very quickly and out of sight up the top of the building. What would you guys like to do? Can I try picking again? Uh, yes. If not, you, you were just going to have to like, get you the strong arm your way in. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll take the shotgun whilst you're, whilst you you're playing with that brother. I'll take the shotgun. I've got two pistols. So I will give one to the older man as well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, prowess crafts with a difficulty of two. Prowess crafts. Yes. Okay, so five dice. I need to get at least a five. I'm going to use a drama point. Excellent. So that's, so that's plus a... one dice, minus one to the difficulty. So you need a four to succeed on things. Right. right. And... Oh, shit. It's only one success. Yeah. Oh, that was bad. I think seeing this creature, you are even more sort of panicking and you're desperately trying, and it's just not coming undone. And suddenly you all hear this now. Uh, the, uh, the banker fellow, whose name I'd probably forgotten, but is in a different scenario. Bartholomew. No, that's not his name. <laughs> Terence. He's called Tom. Yeah. Oh, you got two Toms on the team. Excellent. So Tom takes the gun and he's sort of wildly looking around trying to think. The girl is sort of hanging back a bit. Still a little bit injured, but you'd had stopped the bleeding from previously. Um, you all hear screams drawing closer. And worse still, it seems different somehow. Far from being random, the sound seems to be converging on you. You can hear the horde growing closer. You are left with a distinct impression that they know where you are. And I'll remind you that you are at a dead end of an alleyway. Can you bust this thing open? I think that's what we need now. Okay. I'm getting away. Shotgun or just brute force? Brute force is what you're good at. It's a body athletics check for you, please. Body of four, which gives me five dice. And I'm trying to beat athletics, you said? Athletics, yeah. So I need to get five or high. Two. We won't count that one, Sam. You can roll properly. And I'll use drama. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) So I get an extra dice. Extra dice and the DC's lowered, so it's four. You need to get the dice. Difficulty of two. Oh, and remember, sixes explode as well. So there's two fours, two successes, so five, third success. Um, So I've got five successes. 
Seven successes. Seven successes. Wow. <laughs> Such a And I'll say as well, because you are desperately trying to get in, you, with that success, you don't damage the door too badly as it's sort of roll, like it's a roller shutter thing. So you try to get in and you hold it open as, you know, I assume Lawrence, uh, the teenage girl, and Tom rush through. And you, as you're about to slam it down, you just see around the corner coming three, four, five of these sort of creatures, they're sort of moors, shark like. And they sort of look in your direction as you slam it down. Would you like to secure the roller door? Yes, yes, you absolutely would, yes. You can both make body athletics checks. You'll need uh, two successes, and it'll be between you. One success is six, six. gotta re-roll that. Yeah. Okay, so just the one success one from success. me. One success, yeah. 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 Uh, Two successes, so three in total. It's like a crowbar and a few other bits and pieces that you can just wedge into it. And as you guys are sort of doing this, you can start to hear, you know, sort of slams on the door of these sort of creatures trying to get in, but not happening. And describe the basement for me, uh, Lawrence. Like, you've been here a couple of times, sort of a rolling shutter door and maybe some stairs down into a, a room of some sort. Yeah, so um, you walk down the stairs. Mm-hmm and go into the sort of main room as it is and it sort of looks a bit like a studio flat only without any sort of bed so there's a lot of kind of sofas around some stereotypical posters big tv offensively sized (laughs) and in sort of like several drawers underneath seemingly innocuous looking household objects would normally, don't know if they're still there, be a collection of drugs. You can make me a a reason perception check to see if you can find any drugs. <laughs> Having a quick look around, maybe taking a few seconds to sort of get your bearings. There doesn't seem to be anyone else here, but there is a sign of people having left. That's one success. One success. You do not find any drugs. It seems like people have left in a rush, and actually even with that role as well, you don't find any weaponry. Uh, you would suspect drug dealers would have mm. various items to, uh, how should we say, intimidate uh, people who don't pay on time. But there doesn't seem to be anything here for that. And yeah, actually looking around, there's definitely signs of people leaving in a hurry. So we're here now. Yes. So this place was easier to secure. There is just the, uh, the, 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 one, the one way in and out, which would... Well, we're not going back that way, are we? Not for the moment. Right. Um... um so what, what's the time now? Uh, it's looking, the middle of the night. Isn't it's it? it's yeah. When by the time you sort of left your flat, I'd say it was sort of half nine, ten. But looking at people's phones and watches again, signal seems still busy down. Mm-hmm. Um, battery's probably running low at this point, and uh, you know, conveniently or inconveniently, doesn't seem to be any clocks in the uh, room you're in. Uh, are there any sort of phone charges? Uh, make a yeah, cunning perception check for me, please. While he's doing that, I turn on the TV to see if there's a good one. Okay, I'll get to that in a second. Yep. <clears throat> that is going to be one success on that as well. One success. Um, you find wires that are used for phones, uh, not your phone. The his cur- phone? Um, not his phone. Any phone? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, you turn on the TV, which is still attached to the wall, and you get on all channels an emergency broadcast. It looks like it's pre-recorded, and it cuts to the Prime Minister. They're sort of sat there. <laughs> That's the Queen. Uh, <laughs> the audio keeps cutting in and out, but there is automatic subtitles that come up. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you do get the sort of full message, and 
the Prime Minister looks very, very tired. And it does say on it, like, breaking news, pre-recorded earlier today. They are actually talking about the Black Rain protests that have been happening and how um, the Prime Minister's calling a state of emergency because they have gotten out of control. And as you sort of take your time to watch it, it's about maybe five minutes long, this sort of broadcast, and then it's repeated. No mention of these creatures. No mention of anyone dying. This is that forces have clashed and they've been violent. So they are instructing everyone in the Greater London area to stay in their homes and not go out. And that's it. And then it sort of cuts out and repeats again. As soon as um, it says, you know, instructing people to stay in their homes and not go out, Lawrence just goes, oh, we really could have done with that thinking earlier, couldn't we, brother? I think we, you were right about this place. We're safe here. Tom, the, uh, the sort of older gentleman, sort of looks around and says, are you sure this is, uh, this is secure? Because um, I, I don't want to alarm anyone. I think this is a drug dealer's den. You don't say. <laughs> Thomas, this is a drug dealer's den. <laughs> well, drug dealers, Tom, nice name, by the way. Uh, Thank you. Drug dealers like to keep themselves fortified, so rather... Strange for me standing here, I have to say I'm a little uncomfortable. Yeah. But is certainly more secure here than our homes. But but there only seems to be one entrance in or out. What if there's a, a fire or, or what the, one of those things get in? Then just don't set anything on fire. No, but you, you saw the, the people crashing into buildings and stuff. You right. heard it when we were running on the way here. Yes, however, there seems to be somewhat of a small army outside that gate at the minute. Thus... I sincerely doubt that if there are any rioters in the area, they're going to be quite nipping over for tea. So perhaps we barricade, get some rest. I know we're all tired. And in the morning, maybe consider a more long-term solution. Yes, we're not... I don't think we should stay here for particularly long. It doesn't seem like the government has a particular handle on what's going on. I thought you were the government. I'm on leave... I've resigned or something. Why? I can't remember. But you were so good at beating people unnecessarily. <sighs> Let's not do this. Sorry. Right, okay. So it's the plan to wait and sort of assess the situation. Long rest. <laughs> Long rest. Why don't we see if we can um, do anything to fortify that one entrance a little bit more and uh, Tom and the... Teenage girl, they're looking that Brit banged up, aren't they? Uh, teenage girl is sunk into um, a beanbag that's always in traditional drug dealers' den, DM, um, and it's sort of just quietly just. I don't think you gave her any weapons or anything like that, but she's just staring straight at the floor, just clearly in shock. Then I'm gonna go back over to Tom and, you know, just sort of go, Can I have the uh, pistol back now that we're not in uh, mortal danger? Um, of course, of course. I, right. I, I uh, don't know how to shoot those things. We're going to have a look at um, fortifying his entrance, see if we can do anything else. Uh, the two of you look a bit banged up. Do you want to? Uh, do you want to just have a rest? We'll, we'll, we'll stay here. I'll, I'll, I'll look after her. I think, I think she's clearly quite shook up. You see. Yes. Okay. Yes. Right. Um, <laughs> you two stay here. We'll, we'll be, we'll be back in a minute. And I, um, I, I grab Tom's arm. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just sort of whisper on the way up, we need to talk. Yes. And I drag him up to the um, shutter. Yeah. Uh, both of you make me cunning perception checks, please, as you make your way up to the door. Okay, so it's one, six, I'm going to re-roll. 
Okay, yeah, so one success. One success? Two success. Two success. Nice. Lawrence, uh, you are you are desperate to talk to your brother. You, you know, I need to situation. So you don't, you know, you're not paying attention. Thomas, as you get to the door, you realise the pounding has stopped. And having just a quick lesson, maybe just waiting at the door, telling Lawrence to give a moment. You think there's no one outside the door? No. I think we're safe. It seems that way, but I don't think we should be in a rush to get back out there. It's too dark. I think the first light, maybe. Yeah. Right. So, back in the pub, that, um, that police officer, when he, uh, he died, he changed. Yes. I'm worried about the girl's wound. We've been bitten and slashed yes, a fair uh, number of times, and I don't know about you, but oh, no, I felt I'm, no change. I'm, 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 not, I'm not suggesting that we go and put a gun to her head. I, I'm just saying you know, maybe we... Make sure she doesn't die? Keep, yeah, keep a closer eye on her until we know that she's out of the woods, so to speak. Yes. Right. Okay. Okay, let's fortify this place. Let's get back down there. And don't... I know where we are, but don't... You know... What? You know. Please. I... I would... We are in somewhat of an interesting situation. I would not just start snorting everything inside. Besides, there's nothing here anyway. <laughs> so you have looked. Of course I've had a look. But, yeah. right, okay, all right, all right. Nighttime proclivities aside, I don't see how a slight bump of something to maybe either help you sleep or help you focus would be the worst thing right now. You need to stay awake. You need to stay sharp. Right. You need to keep that girl safe. We have some responsibility. I, I know. Right, okay, okay, let's fortify this. Let's get back down there. And take watch as we rest. Okay, mm. so fortifying. Um, either one of you can make me a prowess crafts to reinforce the door to buy yourselves um, time should things attack. I think I'll do that. You yep. do that? Thomas, yeah. what would you like to do in the meanwhile? Um, look for supplies to make us comfortable for our sleep. Okay. Two successes, Fiona. Two successes. Yeah, with a bit more time now that you're not rushing against, and with, I presume Thomas has pointed out there's no one by the door, you manage to find some other bits and pieces to sort of, maybe you get like a couple of, you know, Ikea crap shelves that you slowly put up and build a Billy bookcase, technically, in front of the door. But it takes some time, that's fine. Cool. Finding stuff around the flat. Um, make me uh, a cunning perception. That's basically a investigation check. See if it makes yourselves more comfortable. Uh, one. One success. As Lawrence sort of pointed out, there's no bed per se here. It's clearly just a, a place that people sort of hang out and then would lock up later. There is plenty of, uh, there's loads of beanbags. Um, there's a, a couple of um, sheets and some pillows and stuff like throws and stuff like that. Yeah. Nothing <coughs> secure, like a, a bed frame or anything like that. But you can definitely make a, a sleep pile, <laughs> should you wish to. Okay. I will do that. Fiona, I have a mechanics question, if I may. Of course. Does resting in any format bring back drama points, or will you just tell us when uh, For this adventure, I give you drama points. I feel like because you've taken the initiative to take a moment to be- get your bearings and wait out what seems like the end of the world, I will give you two vitality both. Um, as you're sort of... You are technically resting. I think you're just you know, maybe bandaging yourself up. As you do so, I'd say maybe an hour or two goes by. It's very difficult because it's an underground mm. uh, basement. Uh, there's no windows to look out. 
all you have is this TV, the accent and arrow, so it goes by, and you all see it. Um, broadcast change. And it's basically is just text. Even though the audio cuts in and out, it's that sort of emergency signal, like a, a beep comes mm. on, to get everyone's attention. And it says, emergency protocol 256, please make your way to the nearest tube station for immediate evacuation of London. What time is it when it does this? I'd say, because it will have a timestamp on the TV, I'd say 1am, 2am. And as you flip through all channels as well to see if anything changes, it has all changed to this emergency broadcast. It was quite outside. Should we make um, way now? Um, yes, that's, that's probably... <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> Sorry. Probably the best idea. Oh, where's... Will I know where the nearest tube station is? Uh, yes, you both do. It'll be North Greenwich. How far away? Uh, within walking distance, I'd say maybe about 20, 25 minutes. But again... From where you are, you know that the streets were sort of filled with abandoned cars. Uh, you maybe saw the old person running and scattering away. You will have to be quiet. It's not to attract any attention to yourselves. It's going to be a long journey, but um, a lot of cars. I turn to Tom and the girl. What's the girl's name? Uh, you've never asked. I turn to Tom and the girl. First of all, yeah, I'm very sorry to the girl. I, I don't think I ever asked for your name. Pam. Pamela. Hi. Hi, Pam. Right. Okay. How are you doing? Are you okay? Yeah. Um, my, my, uh, my friend um, was quiet again. And you remember she, she had said previously that she was on her way back from a friend's when she was attacked. And actually both of you remember there was another body on the floor in the street as you sort of went out, a female body. And you suspect she might have been travelling with her friend back. Ah. So a little bit of PTSD. She's definitely quite, she's clearly in shock, not taking things in. Like, now that she's in a, in a room where she sort of sat down, like, she's not helped at all with the building or anything, she's just sort of silently contemplating stuff. Okay, I walk over, place both hands on her shoulders. Look, Pam, I know, I know that all of this is, it's a horrible, horrible thing, but we need you to, to wake up and to be with us. We're going to need your help if we're going to get through this, all right? I know this is scary, believe me. I'm terrified, but together we can get through this. Make a passion panache roll for me, please. One success. Two success. Four successes. Sorry, it's a six. I'm rolling it again. Four successes in total. Four successes in total. She takes a moment and she she appreciates what you say. Yeah, of course, and sort of stands up. Doesn't ask for a weapon or anything like that, but she looks like more committed to sort of, you know, Less in her own world, kind of Yes, thing. she's ready to follow orders in that sense. Uh, I, Thomas, what are you doing in this I, I show Tom the rudiments of um, how to use a gun and take it off safety. Okay. Not actually firing it, just like, I'm like, don't fucking fire it, Tom, but um, you, you pull this in then. Okay. This, this, I, uh, I don't know how guns work. So I didn't. You, you shoot. You shoot the pointy end. Um, yeah. Stick with the pointy do end. A, fuck it. Do a reason knowledge check for me. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, but I just give this goes wrong. He's gonna shoot one of us. Okay. You're gonna be the five. Oh, get a five. Ooh. Oh. Three. 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 Nice. Mm. That was nice. Your training kicks in. 
fairly straightforward and it's almost like back at the academy that sort of like there's no use a gun you know safety don't put your fingers on the trigger blah blah blah, blah unless you re- and shoot when you point you need to shoot and Tom does take this on board he's a bit of a a fluffy head in the sense of he's like oh well, yes of course I wouldn't tell you that sort of, that sort of thing but he, you, through your instructions does taking it on board so that may help you at some point so what's the plan? Make a voice to North Grinch are we trusting him with a gun? yes I think he's going to do okay Give Tom a gun. He's got a gun. Good to know. Right, you're going to have about six bullets in that. We don't have a lot more. So be careful, all right? Of course. Right. <laughs> okay, uh, yes, let's let's go. So you've got, before we, we head I've on. got shotgun, pistol. Okay, and I've got the other pistol. So Tom did have one. Yeah. Which he gave back, to gave over to you. Because, oh, I've got, you know, he now, now has it again. He now has his own gun yeah. again. Uh, Palmer doesn't have anything. Right. You had a spear that you created. Yeah, yeah. I um, gave the spear to you, didn't I? And I picked up a cricket bat, but that was fragile. Yes. So you are quite armoured, I'd okay. say. Like you, it's like a combination of weird miscellaneous mm. items on top. So I have a pistol and a shotgun. Yes. Um, there's also a knife as well, which... Um, Should I look after that? We'll give it to Pam. Yeah, I'll give it to Pam. Okay. Okay, so you're giving the knife to Pam? Yeah. All right, she holds it, holds it with purpose, but again, you suspect that it might be like a last resort sort of thing. She's not going to suddenly heroic, you yeah, know, yeah, evolution, yeah. that sort no, of thing. Just to make herself feel better. You can't tell how she sort of feels. Yeah. She's sort of in that shock, but she's... Okay, so uh, I'm going to have the pistol down the back of my jeans, shotgun out. Yeah, let's, let's get a look at this. Practice. Do we hear anything? Uh, make me cunning perception rolls. Three successes, two of them sixes, I'm going to roll again. Oh. Another two of them sixes. <laughs> That's five oh, yeah. so far. Five wins. Oh, one, Thomas. I think, Thomas, you're just sort of readying, you know, making sure Tom's not pointing at anywhere stupid. Uh, Lawrence, you go up yourself. I like, can hear what's going on in the like, north. Yeah. <laughs> you are listening very, very hard. Seems quiet. Doesn't sound like there's anyone in the alleyway. And it will take some time to take down your Billy Bookcase barricade. I can't hear anyone, and believe me, I have a strange feeling that if there was anyone, I probably would have heard them. Let's let's get to work. Quietly. Yep. It, uh, again, you're taking your time with this, so you don't need to roll for it. The barricade comes down, and Tom will help you as well. I think uh, Pam just stands at the back with the knife. You're going towards North Grinch. Who is leading you? Who's got the best eyes? I'm pretty stealthy, but I do it. Okay. Do you want to be scared? No. So you, yeah, you. One of you will need to make a cunning perception check to guide you, and then you'll all need to make a, uh, and then a cunning stealth check. Well, we both we're both the same on perception, aren't we? Shall I give a whack at that? Go for it. Go for it. It's a one difficulty because you both know where North Greenwich is. You just need to make sure one success. All right. Cool. So you know. So you're leading party, Thomas. So you're in front. I'm guessing sort of Lawrence and Tom are... Well, actually, that's a good point. Are you going to put Pam in the middle or are you going to sort of... Yeah, we'll put Pam in the middle. I'll go at the back. Lawrence will go at the back. Okay. So I need you both to roll me uh, cunning stealth rolls as you're making your way. That is uh, one success at six and roll it again. Mm -hmm. Two successes. One success at six. Nice. (laughs) So... You make good time. You're slowly sort of walking through, maybe taking a moment to go from sort of start. And you do hear, now that you're out in the open, shrieks and sort of piercing wails from streets away. You suspect the creatures that came into the alley and were pounding on the door have sort of 
found other prey to go to Ooh, run after. Thank God. <laughs> Through the sort of streets, you're finding it difficult to see like the survivors. You maybe have the odd one or two like hordes and they're just sort of shambling around. And again, taking your time to sort of look at them. They don't seem to have bites on them per se. Even at this distance, you know, very far away, there's no visible like arms falling off and huge bloody gashes or anything like that. Their eyes are pools of blackness and their mouths, their sort of chins have shrunken in to be this sort of horrible shark's maw. But they're sort of glancing around, sort of like that, almost sort of animalistic. And these ones that you are seeing now, they're not so much shamblers per se, they are taking their time, but they are definitely more animalistic. But you make your way towards North Greenwich. And as you do so, your journey sort of comes to an end when ahead of you, a frightened looking man with ragged clothes appears holding a police-issued submachine gun, which, Thomas, you recognise. He screams at you, Drop your fucking guns! and raises his weapons. What would you like to do? What I'm going to do. That's okay. You're at the back, just so you know. Lawrence is just going to pop his head around the side of the column, hands up, to sort of, like, lay the shotgun down on the ground slowly, and go, Look, we're not one of them. Don't worry about it. Look, as you can see, I have... A pistol on me, but I'm not holding it. Um, We're not any danger to you, my friend. We're just trying to get to the tube station. Where have you come from? Make me a passion panache roll, please. Two successes. Two successes. Taken aback by how quickly you sort of go, whoa, 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 it's it's all fine. And he's like, they're everywhere. And he sort of drops the machine gun. Look, look, I, I don't want any trouble. I just, I just don't want to die. It's all right. It's all right. I'm going to pick the shotgun up now. Please don't shoot me. He's dropped the submachine. I'm going to pick the <laughs> shotgun up now. Don't panic. I move a little closer and go, we mustn't be too noisy. Let's keep quiet. We've managed to get through half of Greenwich without any of them following us. We just need to keep quiet. Make our way to the tube station. You're an officer. Make a cunning perception check. One success. One success. Now that you sort of have taken a moment, you realise he's not an officer at all, he's a homeless man. Wearing a policeman's outfit? No, ragged clothes. Oh. He has uh, on him a policeman's weapon. Yeah. Ah. And he's tracked that last thing. It's okay, it's okay. He's dropped it on the floor. Clearly, looking at him now, he's shaking in terror. Like, wild eyes, so darting around all of you, like, looking at Pam, looking at Tom. Looking at him now, you realise he's not a threat. Pick up the switch. You pick it up? Yeah, fine. Place my he, hand lets, he lets you do it. Place my hand on his shoulder. There's been a call for evacuation at the tube station. We're heading there now. Do you want to come with us? But you need to stay quiet. I, I can't. I, I, you can't trust them. What, what do you mean? Any of them. You, you saw <laughs> they made this happen. He's, he's, he's doing it stage whispers. <laughs> he's, and he's rambling. And you see this sort of terror is taken over him. There's no point in reasoning with him. You managed to defuse the situation. But you, there's four of you and one of him. Can I attempt to calm him down? Uh, yeah, make another passion panache roll for me, please. Either we go there or we don't even know. Three successes. Three successes. He calms down, but again, he still ebbs off and mutters like, oh, the black rain, the governments, oh, they're responsible, that sort of thing, as you try and talk to him. Doesn't matter who's responsible, we just need to get somewhere safe. I, I can't trust them. Oh, I'm going out on my own. You can, you, you can keep the weapon. Not loaded anyway. I didn't find any ammo. And as you look at it, there's no ammo in it. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, just try and stay alive. Do you have anything? 
any any way of defending yourself. I have the knowledge of the streets. I'll be fine. <laughs> the lost cause. We've done what we can. Why don't you give me your cricket bat? I'll give him my cricket bat. He's grateful. I think he's like, oh, could definitely do damage with this. Couldn't do anything with her. And starts walking off into the night. Again, muttering to himself, like, ah, oh, black rain. Oh, the comments. You have to keep going. Okay. You keep going to North Greenwich. And as you get there, you can see, as you're slowly making your way, there is there are cars sort of randomly parked. And you do spot other survivors sort of slowly making their way. Maybe you follow into sort of a, not a river of survivors, but definitely like a Apache stream, we'll say. <laughs> and they slowly sort of make their way up to North Greenwich bus station. And you can see there, there are people. There is uh, some six figures sort of move forward. And for a moment, the way they are armoured, as if you feel that they, that you like, you sort of sort of taken aback. And they sort of stare at you four and they're like, more survivors, okay. You, you have to come with us. Everyone's holed up in the station. We'll get you evacuated, no problem. When are we going to be getting out of here? In the morning. Unfortunately, we're trying to get all of our, um, all of our, um... Eggs in one basket? No, uh, aeroplanes. <laughs> we're trying to recruit from outside London, unfortunately. Um, a lot of the, uh, resources have been depleted in the, the protests. Uh, the epicentre of all this, I'm afraid. So we're trying to recruit from outside. We're, we've got our um, phone lines connected up here, you know, so we should be, we should be okay. What's, what's the news? Do we know why uh, this has all happened? They don't know what is happening per se. It's very limited in terms of knowledge. And they'll take you into the station and maybe you sit on one of the sort of... Waiting area. Yeah, the yeah. corrugated yeah. iron sort of thing. Pamela's given a blanket, at least, because um, they're like, ah, oh, a, a woman, got to keep her warm. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, 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 you and this fine Lawrence goes, I'm cold too. <laughs> yeah, but you're all weaponed up and she's got a knife. They actually do take her knife away. And, <laughs> but there's a doctor that comes and sees her again because of her wound and stuff. You three are sort of taken to one side. Tom, again, sort of just sheepishly sort of follows you and sort of, sort of listens behind. Both of you can make passion panache's role as you're trying to sort of question like what's happening and you know it's that sort of thing I'm afraid that's uh, confidential but you know that sort of thing. how much can you get out of these people? Uh, one success. One success? Three. Lawrence, you also say you sort of you try but they sort of ignore you a little bit you're seen as a civilian the way you hold yourself Thomas and the way you're sort of asking your questions they sort of click ah you have X-Force X-Force background and so they are more willing to sort of talk to you about stuff so they do say to you um, I don't know what kind of happened but they feel that something to do with this sort of black rain protest in some way and they confirm that there is a planned evacuation in the morning there are doctors around to confirm that everyone in the building is clear of whatever this thing is and they finally sort of tell you that whatever this thing is, it's not spread through contact. Just the dead seem to reanimate. Mm. And that sort of confirms with what you guys were thinking. Again, there's no scratches. There's no, like, they clearly feed on people, but that's not what's causing the dead mm. to come again, to arise again. Um, hunker down here till they're ready to evacuate. Don't like it. I feel too exposed. What other choice do we have? We don't, but I'm just very clear in the fact that I do not like this. Maybe we take watches. One of us rests, the other looks out, so if something does come. Are there any, um, can I ask you a lay of the land kind of question? Uh, what would be a good escape route 
if S would go down? Is there like a, um, a back door or a tree we could climb up or a building we could go into? So where you are currently, you, as I know, out of game knowledge, you know your Greenwich Station pretty well. Oh, okay. Um, right. You're um, sort of in the central sort of main concourse and maybe you sat in the waiting areas where the bus station is and they've moved you into the front. And actually looking round, more people are starting to arrive, but it's very small numbers. It's like half the people that would come after a concert at the O2. Oh, okay. You know, that sort of thing. It's like, yeah. it's filling up. There's definitely limited people. You know how many people live around North Greenwich. It's not a Beyonce concert. It's not a Beyonce concert, put right. that way. Okay. The other thing, and thinking about routes for escape. So the bus station itself is quite open. Yeah. There is a police, a heavy police presence around, checking okay. people leaving and go. They aren't stopping people leaving though. You see the people like some people go. I need to go fight. I and they're like, okay, and they make a note saying who has left, so it doesn't fuck up with their records when they need to evacuate in the morning. So they are happy to pe- for people to leave, but obviously they'll be asking, why are you going? What are you doing? And make a cunning perception roll for me as well. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. Nice. Two, three, four, four. Wow, that was, that was very impressive. See everything. Yeah. You overhear conversations and... There's actually like a flurry of activity and there's, there's obviously more people than officers. You overhear a group of three or four officers saying, oh, we need to get out. We need to go find. We've got to find them. They're, they're said to be holed up into this garage. We need to go. And you get the impression that they're planning to go out on an excursion to a local garage, which you are familiar with. It's like maybe a mile or so out from, from North Greenwich. And they're talking about it in really hushed tones. But they keep looking round, and you probably are aware, again, with that role, there's not many of the officers, so to have people go out could be difficult. So, you know, they, they don't have the resources to go out on this mission, so they're talking between themselves on that. Um, I go over, sort of, gentlemen. I'm an officer over at Blur Blur Blur. Um, oh, yes, we know it well. We've got this submachine gun, but with no ammo. Have you got any ammo stocks we can add to this? Uh, we just want to help where we can. We've, uh, we've survived quite a deal out there. I like it too. Uh, yeah, I think you're sort of going, can I, can I have a blanket? Like you're just, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I see that over his shoulder, I just go, hi. <laughs> At this point, you both sort of know that you see a doctor sort of taking Pam away <clears throat> into sort of that area. And Tom sort of says to you, I, I should probably... Yeah, go make sure she's all right. Um, but can we have the... Um, Oh, of course. Well, I never needed to bloody use it anyway. <laughs> well, good, good luck, chaps. I hope to, I hope to see you on the um, other side. Thank you, Tom. And good luck. And Tom sort of toodles off and goes sees where Pamela been taken to. So you currently are both sort of left with this sort of group of uh, six officers actually, and they're all various sort of uh, heights and builds to play, and they're all sort of looking at you. So with the submachine gun, are you giving it to them? To have I'm asking uh, if there's spare ammo for me to fuel it up with because I'm also an officer and we have survived a lot and I am capable and I helpful see. and very helpful. I see. Make a passion panache roll, oh, please. Good. So no way I can assist with this? Uh, not in this one, no. I think because you're sort of like, hello. Hey. <laughs> Blankets. Ooh, could I use a drama? You can use a drama. The wind caresses your curls and it suddenly snuggles. Holding my backlit. <laughs> I'm X Force, you know. I need some ammo. Two. Two. And what was the success you had to get? Uh, Panache, I had to get. Oh, it was a five, so it would have gone down four. to a four. So I think one of them was a yeah, four. So it's three. Oh, three. 
Let's have a look at you, guys. I'm sure we could. Um, actually, if you're ex-force, maybe you could help us. We need to go to this garage. There's, we've had reports of two important survivors we need to um, retreat before we do this evacuation. Uh, we really could do with... Sort of looks at you, looks back to Thomas, and we really do need extra extra people. We can't, can't leave this place undefended, so... At this point, Lawrence <laughs> is just openly, arms out, going, Hello, am I invisible? What weapons have you got currently on you? I just kind of nod down at the shotgun in my hands <laughs> and then go. I also have this gun. I am also. Can you tell them that I can use these things, please? He's my brother. He he can more than capably handle himself. Thank you. But I'm surprised you you want to help with this. I don't know who from our family is still alive, and if you're all I've got, then you're not going on your own. Mm. Also, as you say. I do feel like a sitting duck here. I suppose you seem well armed. We could we could do with some help, for sure. If it means you've got more people protecting the rest here, then makes sense. Besides, we've been wandering out there for a while now. What's a few more minutes? So, are you going with the officers then? How many of them will be going? So, if you are agreeing to come, the six of them means two of them will stay here. So, you'll have four officers with you. <laughs> How armed are the two? They're pretty well armed. They oh, seem okay. to have, like, they've got, like, vests. They're, they're in uh, Metropolitan Police uniforms, and they each of them carry, like, I'd say two of them carry the submachine guns, and the rest sort of have handguns and stuff. Okay. Did I get my ammo? <laughs> yes, they'll give you ammo yes. for it. The, the, again, the supplies are quite low, so I'd say you get, uh, so ammo 32? Wow. All right. You get 32 shots with it. It's a submachine gun, so I, that makes sense. Look at one of the officers and go, does they want to trade for this shotgun? It just, those look way more fun. Oh, wonderful. Thank you, brother. Oh, my God. So, there's a, there's a sort of a moment where they go, ah, ah. too late, it's already happened. So they're like, ah. they're just polite British officers. Shotgun, <laughs> 10 shots. At this point, I'm just really enjoying the fact that every so often I'm probably getting this look of, is he all right to come on this journey? You look a bit like Theon Greyjoy. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you make your way towards the garage. With the four officers in you, it doesn't take that long. Again, they're going at a slow pace, probably getting stopped quite a bit by survivors asking directions, bloody tourists, to where North British Station is. And obviously, very kindly, they point them back and stuff. At this point, whenever they come across a new group of survivors, Lawrence is just pointing at the tube station and not saying anything. <laughs> And as you're making your way down towards this garage, in the distance, again, you can hear the random sort of gunshots. Every so often there's some piercing screeches out there, but you're kept far enough away. You're sort of, they realise you're not as well armoured as they are. So they sort of do like a, a shell manoeuvre where you two are in the middle, everyone else is sort of on the outside. Go up towards this garage shop. Again, very typical, let's say GTA version where there's sort of roller shutters down. It's quite a big place. It's still dark, so it is about 3am actually now. It's quite dark and quite quiet. The first thing you notice is sort of ring that something very powerful and dangerous has forced its way inside. Here and there, bodies litter the floor, all well mutilated beyond the chance of resurrection. Seeing this, the soldiers are getting more tense. It's painfully obvious that they're searching for something almost desperately. And as they sort of go through, they, again, they'll tell you to wait and two of them will go through this massive hole in the roller shutters and maybe a couple of seconds go by and they come back and sort of beckon people forward and you see this sort of scene. As you sort of come into this room, a massive sort of warehouse room. You think like under the arches, uh, garage parts, but bits of cars everywhere on different things and they're searching. 
What would you guys like to do? Um, Lawrence is going to turn to one of the officers and stage whispery. I think now is a very good time to let us know exactly who we're here to find. I, I can't tell you. It's just important we get them out. If you can't tell us, if we find them, how are we supposed to know who it is? They sort of look around at the sort of bodies on the foot. It's a teenage boy. 13, 14, sandy, blonde hair. You know the type. Dreamy. <laughs> is that what you say? No. <laughs> Both of you make me... If you're sort of helping in the sort of looking for stuff, make I'm, me... Mm. I'm not looking for the boy, I'm looking, just keeping an eye out for any ambush. Okay. Um, Are you going to help look for I'll assist looking for the boy. All right, both of you will need to make cunning perception checks. Nope. Nah. No. Thomas, you're sort of looking around, maybe outside a little bit. What you get from that roll, which was no success, is eerily quiet. Too quiet. God. Now someone said it, we're all going to (laughs) die. Lawrence, you sort of try and help the best you can, but that description... <laughs> teenage boy, blonde yeah. hair... Yeah. Flowing locks. These people are all covered in blood. How's that going to help? Yeah, maybe you go towards some of the one or two bodies on the floor. They're, they're clearly so much older, like uh, one's a mechanic. And again, that whole sort of like blood stripped right through it, uh, through the overalls. Um, you, you're sort of desperately sort of looking from body to body. Try not to put your gaze on them too long, because it is a fucking mess. Then there's a sort of a quiet shout from one of the officers and they say, over here, and into the back office. Uh, you, and would you both go at that point? Lawrence, I know you're helping the search, but I, Thomas, what are you doing? You go, I'll keep an eye on these bodies. You sure? They come back up. I'll give you a shout. Yes. All right. Okay. Uh, Lawrence, so you sort of follow these soldiers into the back room. And in the darkness, there are two trembling shapes hidden underneath a table, a pair of teenage boys the older of which you recognise immediately as the boy who saved you in the bar. Mm. Does he have sandy blonde hair? He does not. But before you have a chance to react, the younger of the two boys shouts, The brood is come and is cut off as a horrific mutilated infected drops down from the ceiling amongst you, between the table and you. The creature is hideously mutated and unlike the other infected, bears little resemblance to a human being. It stands, although hunched, in excess of seven feet tall. Its human face has melted away, replaced by two pairs of glossy black eyes, and are more close to what you would find on a shark than a man. It lets out a bellowing roar and lashes out at you. I need you both to roll sort of initiative, which is cunning perception. Uh, one success. One success. Excellent. So you can choose which um, who goes first. I think it might make sense that Lawrence goes first because you're closer. Yeah, sure. Uh, probably more nimble. Roll for the soldiers first. Come boys. One success. <laughs> so they'll go after you. And there's four of them, isn't there? There's four of them. They'll all go as a group. Uh, the brute spawn. For once, gets no successes. That's yes. incredible! I'm getting so many successes for. Alright. So, Lawrence, you get to go first. So, um, Fiona. Correct. Me. <laughs> Let me be an absolute dear for me. Of course. <laughs> and remind me how ranged combat works. I will look at it up. 
It functions in the same way as close attacks. Yeah. But the target, if the target does not have a ranged weapon as response yeah. because of the tagging thing, I get one automatic success. Exactly. Does it seem to have anything remotely ranged looking? At this sort of distance, again, just quickly reacting, does not seem to have anything like that. Wonderful. He's about to get shot. Excellent. Um, so that is going to be a prowess. Yes. Marksmanship. The other thing as well, rate of fire is free. So you will have to shoot three bullets, which means you get an extra three dice, one for each bullet you shoot. Oh, okay. So I... I think that's right anyway. Wonderful. What's the success you need to get for it? Uh... You get one all automatically. Yes. Success, so marksmanship, right? Yes. Yeah, that will be... Uh, I need sixes. Okay. Come on, big money. Uh, two sixes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I get to re-roll those, don't I? Uh, yes, you do, to see if you get any more successes. Another oh. six. Another six. That's that four sixes now. I think so. Mm-hmm. Four in total, uh, add five because of the automatic one. You shoot into this creature, like... And bullets pierce through it, but as soon as they do, the wounds start to close up. Looks like it's had no effect. But you have tagged the creature, which is probably good. Thomas, it is your go. Do I get to say anything? You can say something quickly. I don't think guns are working. <laughs> That's it. Yep. Oh, God. Okay. Thomas, you hear this sort of, like, just crash into the office where the officers have gone. And again, the way movement works in Sins is that you can, you would easily yeah, get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd say you would moved up to the office if you wish to, and you can see that uh, Lawrence has shot three bullets into this creature, and the wounds closing up. Uh, we'll distract it, and then the kids mm. can escape. Yep, right. get them out. I'll shoot it in the head. Mm-hmm. So shotgun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got rate of fire two, but yep. do I just roll the normal number of dice and then? I... So what's the pool for it? Uh, so the pool is prowess, mm-hmm. uh, which is two. Mm-hmm. So plus one as per I'm healthy. Yep. So roll that. Um, and then for because you you have to shoot two. Yeah. You add two dice. Okay. To it. It doesn't have a ranged weapon. You get an automatic hit on it already. So one success already. Got to get marksmanship. So I've got to get five. So one, two, two. Uh, plus the one success. So three. Uh. uh what's your, your damage? Yeah. Your base damage is on the shotgun. five. Yep, five. Oh, it's just so five. It's, it is just five for the right. Yeah, we don't have to. We don't have to confess. Um, this creature is sort of blown back, so shrieks this horrible, piercing wail uh, back over the table. Uh, gets up and again, sort of knits back together. Its eyes focused on the both of you. The soldiers, re- hesitant to fire for fear of hitting both of you, seem lost of what to do. One of them, however grabs sort of a rusted machete from a nearby table and whilst the creature is sort of distracted by both of your sort of attacks brings the weapon down and manages to cleave deeply into the creature's arm the creature sort of casts him aside like uh, bashes him against the wall badly wounded but not before it becomes apparent to both of you that the weapon is still in the creature and it's beginning to claw at its arm trying to remove the blade as the soldiers go the brood spawn doesn't get a turn because you both tagged it back at the top of the round Lawrence Okay, so it, the, the machete is embedded in there. Mm-hmm. Is the wound healing up around the machete? Make a cunning perception check for me, please. Nah, nothing. 
you can't tell in this sort of uh, range thing, but it's still in there. And maybe like the wound is sort of it's this horrible black blood is sort of sort of oozing down the sort of side of the arm, but you can't tell if it's healing back up, if it's made any effect. Can I get to the kids? The, cre- the creature's in front of the table. Directly in the way. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I want to look around for anything else that might be around, like, melee weapon-wise. Yep, okay, do another kind of perception check. And I'll say in that time, that will be your whole action. That's fine. Okay. Two successes, one of them's a six, so I'm mm-hmm. going to re-roll that. Three successes. Three successes. Nice. So you see a few scattered items around. You see several, several spiked metal poles off to one side. Uh, clearly some sort of earlier defence mechanism earlier this evening. There's sort of more machetes, uh, makeshift machetes that are just lying around. There is a tyre iron, and then right at the back there's like a circular saw, jury rig to work off a car battery, again using it for um, mending cars and stuff. I'm going to call out all of those so Thomas knows where they are. And that's going to be my go, isn't it? That's your go. Yeah, that's fine. Thomas, what would you like to do? I am going to attack it with my spear. All right, go for it. So it is with reach, so I get a, a plus one to my pull if the opponent doesn't also have a reach weapon. It doesn't have a reach weapon. Okay, so I get four dice. Got to beat. Get five. No, I miss. Miss. You sort of, again, hearing what Lawrence said, you're sort of trying to jab at it. It sort of recoils back from you, again, trying to get this sort of machete out of it. It doesn't... Doesn't take um not okay. to take hold. Fair enough, that's me. Alright, the soldiers, hearing what Lawrence said, they are going to uh, they're gonna grab up a couple of the sort of machetes. I'm gonna try and stab this creature. One success, and then the creature has because it's now been tagged. Oh, oh that's unfortunate. This creature, they sort of run at the creature, trying to stab it in, but the creature sort of looks up in time and sort of and swipes at both of them, creating quite a bit of damage to the soldiers. Mm. But again, the creature has been tagged by the soldiers. Lawrence, what would you like to do, sorry? The circular saw thing, mm-hmm. does it seem to be a ranged weapon? I mean, ranged like a spear. No, it looks like you'd have to get up close to, uh, to use it at the creature. What are you doing? Three seconds. So they've grabbed the machetes and a couple of them. The ones that came in with you have grabbed uh, two machetes. There are several spiked uh, metal poles. Yeah. Uh, there's a tire iron and there's the circular saw. The circular saw, what kind of weapon would that count as? Large improvised? Yeah, um, yes. Then I'll grab a machete. I'll be better with that. Grab a machete, alright. Yeah. Oh, bollocks to it. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna, <laughs> go, I'm gonna go in. And attack it. Yeah. Go for it. Right, so that's three dice. Machete is. Yeah, it's a body fight, isn't it? Uh, prowess, fight, or athletics. Yeah. Uh, my athlete. Yeah, it's. Okay, so sixes is what I need. <laughs> Nothing. How bad is this going to be? It has three successes. Um, as you come up to try and stab it, it grabs your hand with one of its long, elongated arms, and you get a horrible, sort of sickening sort of slash across the sort of top of your head. Uh, you take three damage to straight off. Okay. And then you're sort of chucked off to one side. Is clearly not liking this. Sudden, you thought it had the advantage, and now all these people are sort of converging on it. Uh, but it has been tagged. 
Thomas, what would you like to do? Pick up the surplus horn mm-hmm. and go to town with that bad boy. Excellent. So this a large improvised weapon, we'll say. And Do you have any drama points left? I've got one. Do you want to use it? Yeah. So it's now you need a success of four. You get an extra dice to your pool. Wow. Nice. Don't even need it. Three. Oh no, I gave him an extra success. Four. Four. Two successes, you hit it. What's the damage? Um, the average of two. Mm-hmm. And my body, which, which is, is four. four plus one, I guess, five. Yeah, yeah, success, so five damage. Three or four if you're rounding up. We'll round up. Nice. Four damage. De- yeah, describe, describe how you attack it with a circular saw. Like about us. Uh, I'll probably go for one of the legs. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, and as you sort of, t- you don't cut it all the way, even with that success, but the damage it does is like you see tendons, you see ligaments start to sort of fall apart around it. It is, oh. yeah, gross. Um, again, blood splitting a bit, and that damage is horrendous. The creature lets out a hideous shriek and tears machete from its own flesh, and then sort of grabs up into the ceiling and pulls itself out, retreating into the darkness. Out of frustration, more than anything, one of the soldiers on the ground uh, empties most of a clip into the ceiling with a screen before one of his companions manages to get him to stop. The dust sort of settles, and you hear this creature sort of scrambling and sort of goes, and like looking up, it's sort of like, it's like that bit in Alien when looking up through the hole, and you can see sort of as teared a hole out of the ceiling. More would have heard that. Let's get moving. I imagine I'm still sort of like slumped against the wall. Yes. Oh! Uh, <laughs> Um, You're right, brother. No. Oh. If you want to, you have to say reason medicine check to make sure to help him. Yeah. Can I reason medicine myself? Yes, I'll give you that. So you're taking a moment. The soldier's going over to the boys and sort of talking to them just now. So you get a moment to um. Nothing for me. Three. Oh. Three. Three. You recover two vitality. Even though, like, it's free, it's just because you're in the moment, you're sort of patching up the wounds and yeah. stuff like that. That's fine. Yeah, right. It's, again, it's like you've got, you're going to have a nasty, or maybe cool-looking scar, because it's sort of raped up with its sort of nails. Can I have this beer, please? <laughs> you go. Thank you. Just passing back weapons between you. <laughs> Using the spear like a makeshift walking yeah. stick. Turn to the officers. We should go. Yes, yes. We were just sort of, and again, checking over the boys. Both of them are clearly quite, uh, in shock. Both of you make me a a cunning perception check. Sorry, I keep making you all perceive stuff. Well, I hate, I hate that. It's always perceiving things rather than anything else. Nah. No. Two successes. Two successes. Something familiar about the younger boy. Like you, you see both boys. Like you recognise the boy from the bar, but the younger one. There's something, something about him. Like he's been on the TV. I can't think what though not on the top of your head mm. and the officers are sort of getting ready to go sort of grouping a bit more around these boys that right we should go mm. alright okay thank you for helping and good job yeah against that thing bloody hell I've still got a machete haven't I yes and looking at the circular saw it's quite big so it could be quite cumbersome to take and looking Aww. at it it looks like it only has two charges left as well okay and you suspect there'll be more weaponry back at the checkpoint anyway. <laughs> okay, I'll leave it. I give him my machete. Oh, thank you. Uh, the boy from the bar sort of like 
sort of smiles at you both, yeah, small world sort of thing. But before he has a chance to talk, he's sort of ushered away and there's sort of like a, a manoeuvre to get people out. And you're encouraged to go along with them, yeah. but you, they sort of separate you from the boys. You're not allowed to walk with them. And you're making your way slowly back to North Greenwich. Cool. Is there anything you guys would like would like to talk about, or would you like to do as you're heading? I mean, I imagine I'm going to be pretty quiet over the fact that I just got pummeled, and I'll be quiet because I'm also semi in shock over what we've just seen. As you get back to North Greenwich, there seems to be a bit of more activity. It looks like reinforcements have now arrived, and there are definitely sort of medical tents that are set up. And as soon as you guys arrive, there's more sort of like security that come over and sort of take the boys away. And as you sort of are sort of left there, uh, some doctors come up and they say, ah, you've not been checked, have you? Yes, I, I see. Um, would you both follow me, please? And it's like a young, shortish girl, um, a short cropped hair sort of tied back. And she looks quite scared, but she's trying to do that sort of professional term thing. You suspect she's not been long in this job. Uh, so they've been brought in. She's right. Um, we have to... I'm sorry, I appreciate you've you've probably helped with that mission, but um, I need I need to just do some some tests on you if that's if that's okay. Tests? What what for? Well, we just got to make sure that um, whatever's infecting people hasn't infected you. But nothing got me. I'm not going to become one, am I? We we heard that it was only the dead. Yes, yes. Um, by bites? No, it's not by bites. It's not spread through contact and stuff. And he sort of looks at you. So I I can't really. I don't want to say it's confidentiality and stuff, um, but I'll, uh, if you mind, the sort of points to Lawrence and sort of gestures to the tent. I, I just go up to my brother. Don't let them. Don't let them inject you, maybe, or we still don't. Mm-hmm. Um, the crazy man got me a little bit. Don't trust anyone. What What are you going to do? The same when it's my turn. If there's any like pills or anything, just actually let's go together. Yes, yeah. yes. Can he come with me? He's my brother. Um, we, we can perform the test. You will all be separated. Um, we, we have to keep you know, all tests sort of confined just in case we do find something. But you, we, we could put you in the same bay at least. Better than nothing. What do these tests involve? Some sample blood tests, you know, questions about what you've done. And she proceeds to explain what seems like a very boring standard procedure. Uh, make a... Uh, yes, you're looking at me really funny. Uh, make a... Blood tests... Um, What's the Sins version of an insight check? It's always like passion panache or something like that. But it's not, I'm good at those. Yeah, I know you're good at those. I would say... Knowledge? I'd love a passion panache. Knowledge is more what you've learned, uh, I'd say. Medicine? I'm going to say, do a passion logic, if you can. Both of you, both of you can do that. And see how that goes. Three successes. One success. Yeah, Thomas, again, you're it's like, oh, medical mumbo-jumbo, but like she, she tries to explain it in as much detail as she can. Sounds like a simple sort of procedure. No. And again, Lawrence, you you actually probably are a bit more aware of, uh, say, needles. And stuff like that. Not for a minute. <laughs> no, don't know what you're talking about. No, but what she's describing to you sounds like taking some blood, um, just doing a few tests, asking questions. It doesn't seem anything out of your truth. It's definitely, they're not injecting you something. They're running tests on you. Doesn't sound intrusive. Okay. All right. Show the way. Okay. And at that point, you're taken into sort of the big tent, and you do see there aren't people in hazmat suits or anything like that. It's a very sort of clinical procedure. You see people rushing about, dashing, and you see a whole line of people, and it takes hours. Oh. Absolute hours. There are waiting queues. You hear people crying, and every, every person that sort of goes in, it takes like 15, 20 minutes. And when you are both taken individually to these sort of cubicles, there is a lot of questioning. And for you, Lawrence, a lot more. You're in there for at least 45 minutes talking about 
you have issue with the face, um, you, probably you have some needle marks on your arms and what is that? And then we proceed to go into a very in-depth investigation to your lifestyle. And Thomas, with you, they talk about the force and why did you quit? And like, it's always intrusive questions about you. Mm. Um, is there anything that you guys would mention? They're probing questions about your lifestyle and like what you were doing when this happened and... Is there anything you would mention, you think? Probably uh, Lawrence would be, whenever they sort of question his lifestyle, mm-hmm. would come back with, I'm not sure why that's relevant. We, we don't know what spreads this disease. If it's not by contact, it'd be by something you might have ingested. He goes over the last four days and what he may have taken in that time. As you go into a bit more detail, they go, I need another pen. <laughs> Thomas, is there anything that you would add to any questions or anything like well, if that? If it's on consumption, then... Yeah, consumption, they say any way that it whiskey, gets into the body. Whiskey and TV meals. Well, you're being asked why you quit the force. Oh, right. Well, is it mixed to talk about your lifestyle? It's like, is there anything... Do you take any medicines, that sort of thing? Like, it's it... They ask if you have any mental health problems. Yeah. Why you went on leave? Was it stress-related? Was it something else? And the questions to both of you about have you ever had a blackout periods? Is there do you do you know of anyone in your families that have turned or like a list of questions after questions after questions? And any answer you you give, the doctors um, just write down the minimal notes. You illegible because the doctor's handwriting is illegible. I just don't give anything away. And so they're trying to triangulate a kind of a cause for this. So Thomas, you finish first. After twenty minutes, you're sort of led back out. It's it's interesting. You're sort of led out into another room. They are sort of divvying up places where people will stay, and there is like an army's barracks conveniently nearby North Greenwich. Uh, <laughs> a lot of things are conveniently near North Greenwich, especially the peninsula, which has so little. <laughs> well, after the Olympics, they have to use it for something. Right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And they say, right, you came in with uh, your, your brother, correct? Um, he's still being questioned. Um, you can wait for him if you like, or we can send you on ahead. I'll, I'll wait for him. And it gets to sort of 45 minutes, and Lawrence appears. How did it go? Oh, um, quite invasive. Yes, I was there for quite some time. And as you sort of wait, again, maybe an hour or so, people sort of filing in and out, um, you've, you get the impression that people are waiting to be told, like what the verdict is. And the lady sort of comes out, she says, ah, uh, Thomas uh, and uh, Lawrence Farrow, yes. Um, good news, all clear. Uh, temporary. I will say these are preliminary tests, so we, it's just to make sure nothing will happen just now. And, and obviously in the meantime as well, I guess you would have been bandaged up as well, so you would recover. Um, actually, it's been a couple of hours, you each recover four vitality points. Thank you. Woo! So all clear for now. And she sort of gives you, it's like um, everyone's been issued with sort of lanyards of ID, so she sort of gives you like a, a green sticker on each. She goes, oh, good. Um, uh, please be on your way. Uh, we've got to attend to, um, to others. And looking around, everyone in here seems to have green stickers on their lanyards. But there are definitely, looking around, there's not as many before. But that could be they've just been shipped off to the army base or... Uh, uh, I have a question. <laughs> so while we were sat waiting, mm-hmm. when people went out, did they go, did they exit into somewhere else? So the waiting room for people waiting to be tested is completely, is a different place. It, it's oh. like a, uh, yeah, it's like a streamlined process. You can Got go it. straight okay. through. Yeah, Thank yeah. So it might, that might have been quite scary for the first hour, like they're not coming out. Yeah. And then you sort of realise that, oh, they must pass the way through, because if the people came back, it'd be really confusing and crap infrastructure for the hospitals. But... I am assuming <laughs> that this is probably going to be some sort of logic check, but... Mm-hmm. 
can I take a minute, look around and see it sort of like get like a ballpark figure on how many mm-hmm. I've seen go through that are in this sort of green area mm-hmm. as opposed to how many just went through and we've not seen them again. Sure. Um, make a cunning logic check for me, please. Two successes, one of them is a six. It's another six. Three successes. Again, you you noticed maybe they've not split anyone up, like families are stuck together, that sort of thing, but there are definitely people missing. It's, I'd say, 25% less people in here. But again, you don't know if that's because they've been shipped off earlier in the evening to the army base or taken away for more testing. There's a definite funneling yeah. lack of people. I will give you that. I pass these findings on to my brother. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Could be nothing, but I'm... What do you think's next? Everyone who is fine gets out. Maybe there's a tent with flamethrowers for everyone that isn't. Oh, God. And actually, at this point, <clears throat> excuse me, they did take your weapons off you to do the testing. God damn it! They've returned it to you. Oh. Because it's more, again, like they didn't want you to react in a bad way. So they, they are very good at doing that. Okay. So you do have your weapons still. And we seem to be helpful. You were seen to be helpful. And they, you do get some uh, glances from the um, officers and clearly they've been saying, ah, the two brothers, you know, they helped with the teenage boys, blah, blah, blah. And actually, as you are sort of I keep saying funneled. As you sort of get called... Led. Led. Called up to go onto the next truck. You get in the truck and you see the boy from the bar sort of sitting there with you, but without the sandy-haired boy. Hi. you. Thank you for your help earlier. Thank you. Um, It was your your friend. I thought I I recognised him. Yes. um, Faith. Um, You probably will see him. Um, He's... uh, He's the Prime Minister's son. Oh! Um, right. And he's sort of quite quiet about that. Um, and he says, I, I have to admit, um, I didn't mean to save you. I was I was waiting for my sister to come over. Oh. And she didn't make it, and you guys come out, and I couldn't hold the door. Um, I'm sorry. No, I, I'm glad. I, well, thank you. Without you, I think, well, me, me and Faith wouldn't, wouldn't have uh, survived. Your sister was in the pub. Yes. I'm sorry. Jessica didn't have any siblings. <laughs> what about Rosie? Uh, you don't know. Doesn't matter, it's still... Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I know, but I just thought you were like, oh no, we left Jessica in the pub. <laughs> no, just the other innocents. Just the other innocents. Okay, great. I, I give Thomas a look. Are there any more, like, maybe any of the officers that we fought with? Officers that you fought with? Um, make a cunning perception check, as you sort of, you are now in the sort of the army truck, basically. Nice. That's going to be three. Three successes? Nice. Um, now that all these reinforcements have arrived, you maybe see the old one you recognise, but they're not the ones in charge of ferrying people to the army base. They are... They're basically staying at the checkpoint, but you you do get sort of people sort of nodding to you, other sort of um, officers who's clearly your reputation precedes you. Okay, but no one who would necessarily know what the end game is for this, what the long term plan is. I mean, with that, soldiers. with that, with that sort of reputation, so you probably get a chance to talk to people. And again, the same sort of information that you know, you you're currently being taken to the army base because obviously you've got a lot of um, evacuees coming in. Mm. And in the morning, you we will uh, evacuate as as we see fit. Okay. 
It's just trying to get people like moving as quickly as possible out of the city. You can actually see, uh, speaking to people in the distance, um, looks to be a group of soldiers um, surrounding Faith, this Prime Minister's son, and sort of walking to his own uh, car. And the boy is sort of animatedly talking. He says, oh, and you should have seen it. There was, there was a guy with a, with a saw and he just <laughs> cut straight at, And he's like animatedly, really excitedly, like talking to these uh, the soldiers do not give a shit. They're sort of carrying on, like, yes, yes, sir, yes, sir. That sort of yes men mentality. But clearly, like, you've left a lasting impression on this uh, young boy. And he's like, I survived it, it's amazing. Uh, yeah. Clearly not really aware of the dangers that he was quite in. It's almost like government officials and their families are out of touch with reality. The journey to the army base takes a long time, maybe another hour or two. So it's sort of early hours in the morning now, about 4am when you get there. Is there anything you guys are doing on the journey to the army base? Mm. Got our weapons. Yeah. We're, in, we're being travelling, so we can't really... Yeah, my health's fine. Uh, mostly just... Well, no, he's not going to be chatting to the... Um, he's going to be sort of kind of avoiding the boy that held the door open because of the overriding guilt. Yeah. yeah. James is very quiet. He does say his name is James. Um, and he's very, very quiet. But then I imagine Lawrence will just be sat next to Thomas mm. mm-hmm. and not saying anything. Okay. Yeah. So he probably maybe fall asleep a little bit. And yes. he sort of, there's a moment where he's like, well, a, a jerk as the truck comes to a halt outside the army barracks and you are led in. Will the Farrow brothers survive the night? Will they ever get out of London alive? Is it officially the end of the world? Find out next time on What Am I Rolling? The What Am I Rolling podcast was created, recorded and edited by me, Fiona Howard. This episode's players were David T. Cox and Sam Robbins. This episode's RPG was Sins, created by Miguel Tankard and published by First Falling Leaf. You can find out more about Sins and buy the core rulebook and introductory adventure, Dead City, on their website. That's www.sinsrpg.uk. The theme music was 8-Bit March by Twin Musicon of twinmusicon.org, licensed under a Creative Commons 4.0 license. If you want to find out more about the podcast, check out the website. That's www.wairpodcast.com. Fancy getting in touch? Email the podcast at whatamirollingpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at WAIR underscore podcast for latest news on upcoming episodes. And remember, adventurers need not apply.